This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, gentlemen, I, I always think you, you, you can't really call it the most significant result of the season until until you see what the one after it is. But I've I've got a feeling that uh, Dundee's comeback win against Dunfermline might turn out to be just that. It felt like a very, very important night for, for, for Dundee. Jim, did you watch the game? Yes, I did, uh, Eric. It was, um, <clears throat> I think you're right, it was a very big night for them. Um, I mean, they, they Enjoy a game, not... Enjoyable game of football, uh, apart uh, from uh, everything uh, else, wasn't it? It was fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest with you, <clears throat> in many respects, as good as... Um, a great deal that I've seen, seen this season. I mean, they were off to the worst possible start. I mean, O'Hara and White had them behind two down and, uh, after six minutes. I mean, an incredibly bad start, you know. But rescued uh, with, with, with Cummings, Mullen uh, and Ashcroft. I must admit, I'm quite quite enjoying seeing the, the, the threat that Ashcroft brings, you know, uh, to yeah, uh, we'll the as, yeah. as a defender. But it was, I mean, I, I think it showed, you know, look, character and, and, and fighting spirit and all the rest and 100%, all the, all the, all the words, buzzwords we use, should be givens for professional football, but sometimes they're not, you know. Um, so I think it showed great character and great spirit and, uh, and all the rest of it to come back. Showed a bit less of that to go behind two down in, in, in six minutes. But, but you know, if you go down uh, two down in six minutes, then you require something special, I think, to come back from that. And they showed, I think, something special. And I think it was huge because, bluntly, I, I think we would have put James McPake under massive pressure had they lost that one. You know what I mean? I think already you can see on social media and just, you know, people b- b- bump into keeping safe social distance, obviously, you know, and speak to her Dundee fans. They're not happy at what's going on. So that was a massive, I think that was a massive result for them. Uh, and the key thing is it keeps them absolutely banging the hunt for, um, well, for the playoff place, uh, that, which is which is absolutely the key thing. And for second place, I, I think, which is pretty crucial. Because Sean, I mean, you know, I, I was I was off on Saturday, so I was I was listening to, listening to Sports Sound and seeing the... Uh, seen the results come in and, you know, the pressure was building, <laughs> you know, without Dundee doing anything, you know, Saturday afternoon, the pressure was building with all the other results that went there, went against Dundee and they, they I'm, sh- I'm sure they, they dropped out, didn't they? They dropped out of the uh, playoff places on goal difference. So, so there was every, everything, every bit of pressure that you could possibly not want on, on you going into the match for Dundee and Dunfermline, I suppose. They lose two goals and let's face it, there's... As many a Dundee team over the last few years would have would have responded in the wrong way and would have crumbled, but this one, I, the bit that impressed me was it was it was a it was a methodical, don't panic type of comeback, wasn't it? It, it was like get get us back, so was back in the game, and they didn't they didn't rush at it, they didn't like I say they didn't panic, they didn't they didn't you know they they appreciated they had eighty five minutes, they took their time, and in the end it was a very deserved win. John, it was it was impressive stuff, wasn't it? It, it was. I watched it uh, on on TV myself, um, and when they when they're two 0 down that quickly, you, you do start to think, "Oh dear, this is this this could be very very bad." Yeah, um, for in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, you, absolutely. You start to think Both the bigger the picture, picture and, don't and you? Off it. The manager, yeah. all this sort of stuff, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, so it was a real concern, um, but I mean, as you've pointed out. They didn't. They didn't let it rattle them. Um, they were methodical, and they did just keep chipping away and gradually worked their way back into the game. And, and in the end, they did deserve it. And we've spoken quite a lot 
about the, the value, whether positive or negative, about the lack of supporters in a stadium this season before. On this occasion, I think I know where you're I going think, here. Yeah, <laughs> I think not having not having supporters in that stadium was hugely beneficial Absolutely. for them because Absolutely. had there had there been had there been a crowd in there, um, given the given the way the season's gone so far, and it, again, it, 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 we we keep saying things like that, but they are third. But at the same time, it hasn't been wildly impressive this season. We they wouldn't that. have been so, shouting. There's plenty of time, lads. It's only two. No, there would have been there would have been howls of derision. Uh, coming down from those stands uh, after the second, probably after the first one went in, but certainly after the second one went some, in. Some might have I just that, walked out and got in the pub. <laughs> no doubt, absolutely no doubt in my mind. Yeah, it, it would have been it would have been poisonous after that second one went in, and had had there been a crowd there, had that have been the reaction, I I, I struggle to see how that they, they would have come back from it. I think that could have been curtains. If, if if there'd been a crowd in, so I think on this occasion they're they're they're, they're fortunate that they, they that sort of ramping up of the atmosphere wasn't there because they were able to to remain focused and not panic and and be methodical about the way they worked themselves back into the game. Had there had there been this sort of added intensity of a, of a few thousand angry punters expressing their their point of view, I'm not sure there there would have been that headspace for for Dundee's players to do that. So. Um, fair play to them for 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 keeping the heat, if you like, and, and and working their way back into the game. Because you're right, that 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 at two 0 down, you think, oh dear, to come back and win it after being two 0 down, that feels like it could be significant. And 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 let's hope it is because they they need to be in these playoffs, and ideally they need to be second. And you know, credit to James McPake in that as well, Jim, because you know, again, particularly with no fans, you know, players they they. They'll they'll pick up the vibes off their manager. Well, it's not even vibes, you know. If 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 McPake was was looking like a, a beaten man or was losing his rag and all the rest of it, you know, they would it would it would it would unravel on the pitch as well, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. it's it's crucial for a a manager to to send out the right the right vibe at that stage in a match. And you know, obviously the cameras weren't focused in on uh, I wasn't in the ground and the cameras weren't focused in on James McPake all the time. Any time they panned in, he wasn't like head and hands, you know, thinking, feeling sorry for himself or, or you know, absolutely going berserk at his players. That's That was important too, wasn't it? I think so. I mean, you know, managers, um, you know, managers' body of language can can reveal a lot. I mean, I sometimes think it can be overdone. You be, you know, you'll get fans saying uh, managers aren't particularly demonstrative in in, uh, in the dugout, and that annoys a lot of fans. You know, sometimes I think that the first qualification to be a boss is, is possession of an equity card. You know, for an act for acting. You know, because um, punters like to see you involved, despite the fact that sometimes it doesn't actually lend anything or or increase performance. But I think also the, the flip side of that is is that if you look as a manager as though you're panicking, you know, if you're throwing your arms up in the air and, and all the rest of it, the body language can transmit to the players. I mean, the bulk of their con- concentration, obviously, is, is as they're playing, waiting to receive passes, moving to position. But, you know, they, they, but they glance up like everybody else. They look, if they've made a bad pass, they look to see what, how the boss is reacting. And that sets them off, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's important that you maintain your cool, your equilibrium and all. I mean, management, I think, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be said. I mean, you know, most people... You know, football's a passionate game. When most people sit down and think about it logically, which we seldom do, you know, um, the truth is football management is a very, very difficult job. I mean, you're trying to keep not just the 11 individuals on the park happy, you're trying to look, you know, you're trying to keep the seven or the eight or, uh, well, in Dundee's case, the seven that you've got on the bench kind of happy who are sitting there 
frittering away, wondering if they're getting a chance. You know, you try to keep a squad happy generally during the course of the week. Um, so I, I think it's incumbent on a manager, you know, to to, to learn this craft. And it's early days still for James. You know, I mean, he's still as a he's still as a young manager. You know, and you, you've got to learn all these tricks of the trade, not to panic, not to look. You might be internally panicking. You might be thinking, "Good God, what do I do now?" You know, but you cannot afford to show that. And and their comeback was was excellent. I mean, Dunfermline are a decent side. And they could, Dundee could have crumbled very easily, but they come back the way they did. And not just they come back, they then went, once they were 3-2 up, they went on the hunt for more goals. And Fawn Williams uh, made some really good saves. Yeah. And, yeah, and the goal, so, so it could have been, you know, it could have been a lot more. But it, but Sean is right, it was crucial um, to to get that, uh, that you know, that, that result. So, you know, McPake's played his part in it well. The players have played their, uh, the main part uh, in it well. It was a, it was a good result. It was a much needed uh, result. And, and you know, it shouldn't have been otherwise. I mean, they've got, there's a side they're capable of winning promotion. We've seen it all season and, and particularly now with the addition of the likes of McMullen and Cummings who came in in the window. You know, I mean, they've got a side there that should eminently be capable of promotion. In fact, looking at the table there, like, you know, there's a wee bit of me just thinking, what a great pity that um, this is the truncated season it is, you know, kind of three quarters of a season because hearts are, st- hearts are going well, to three fall by the looks of it, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be pulled back. I mean, they're still, you know, they're 13 points adrift to Dundee. But, Dund- you know, Dundee are the second top scorers in the league. The, the problem is they've conceded. Uh, an incredible amount of goals, you know, but there's the second top scorers in the league. So, um, you know, the, the, there's a team there capable of doing things if they can, if they can get that consistency that they, that every football team, you know, is the holy grail of every football team. Got to, got to say, I mean, Sean, I was shocked by, you know, it doesn't seem that long ago we were talking about the strength of the spine of Dunfermline's team and, and certainly centre back where you know Paul Watson and and Ewan Murray, you know. Paul Watson, we know, is a, a thoroughly reliable centre half, and and you uh, and Murray's been talked about for for a move to certainly the first part of the season was getting talked about a move to the to the top flight. But boy, I, I, I can't remember watching a game where uh, where one team has been as dominated and set pieces as that. I mean, every time. I mean, it was like without fail, wasn't it? Dundee were getting heads. It was pretty much all the t- most of the time. It, it was. It was Lee Ashcroft, but it was it was an incredible mismatch, which you really don't expect. Certainly not in the the lower leagues, you know, where usually all the teams are pretty pretty good and much of a muchness when it comes to you know defending their box and 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 attacking cross balls. It's it was quite something, wasn't it, to watch? Yeah, it was a strange one. It was a strange one, and it will it will be concerning for Stevie Crawford, as you say. You look you look back at their form. Sort of through the the league cup in in October, and then I mean in the league through till kind of the end of November, and they were they were looking good early doors, uh, but it's just kind of it's come apart <laughs> basically since then. It's not been all that impressive, really. Um, four four wins. I like Dundee; they've got some talent since the end of November on the pitch as well, haven't they? You know, absolutely. Yeah, all players. Yeah, four wins since the end of November. Um, they've basically gone back to the Dunfermline that we we kind of thought and hoped for them that this season you know after their good start and their their Betfred Cup form that this would be they would stop being Dunfermline which basically the last couple of seasons they've just they've been so streaky it's not true it's it's not true you know and unfortunately the the streaks are more poor than poor than good at the moment but yeah but Lee Ashcroft though John he was he was a he was a I mean, as he has been on previous occasions, he was the dominant 
aerial th- threat on both teams. And boy, did he make it tell. He certainly did. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to this one as well, but with a Scottish Cup tie coming up at the weekend against St. Johnston, he'll be, he'll be one that they'll need to keep an eye on. Um, because he's, he's, he's almost, uh, he's done these Sean Rooney, isn't he? Is he? Is <laughs> he? <laughs> expand, expand. In terms of getting his napper on crosses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that I suppose yeah. That's in that sense, I don't mean in a marauding up the park <laughs> sense. Or anything else, just purely in that sense. I, say, but, I really uh, haven't been watching much Dundee this season. No, no, just uh, just purely from set pieces. He seems. You know, he certainly was against the at the weekend. There, he was. He was utterly dominant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, utterly dominant at that end of the part. But I mean, clearly, Dundee have still got frailties at they the do. other end, and they, and they have all season. So, we can we can, we can praise uh, praise him for for his attacking prowess at the weekend there. But I mean, there's there's clearly still problems at the other end of the part for Dundee because you're 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 coughing up two goals in, in five minutes and giving yourself a mountain to climb, and and they've done it all season. Let's let's move it on then. You were you were very very clever doing that for us there, Sean. Let's move it on to the cup tie at the weekend. Dundee St Johnson, Jim. I mean, the ratio will be getting enough corners and set pieces in at the Saints box, you know, because that's not a given, is it? You know, they need to they need to get enough of the ball to get themselves up the pitch to give Lee Ashcroft a, a chance, and then you've got to, well, you would imagine your Liam Gordon, Sean Rooney's, and Jason Kerr will be better defending their their six yard box than. And Jamie McCart than uh, than Dunfermline were. Well, you you would certainly expect so. I mean, St. John's are a, a top six side as we know now. You know, Dundee are not. Dundee are a championship side. So <clears throat> there's there's a difference in quality. Um, Dundee, as I say, have added to that uh, quality with uh, McMullen and with Cummings in particular. And Ashcroft is a, is a danger, but the Saints' defence um, w- will be a different kettle of fish from the Dunfermline defence, which they were able to pierce three times. So Dundee are up against it. You know, they 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 are facing a, a much better quality of team, and they're more importantly, they're not just the quality; they're facing a team who are riding high. You know, confidence is high. Um, they've got players like you know Waterspoon, who's playing international football for Canada, scoring a goal indeed the other night. Um, you've got players who many of us think were worth a, a, a turn in Stevie Stevie Clark's squad. You know, so so they're playing a better quality team. They're playing a team who are you know. I always think. Between the top of the championship and 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 you know the, the Premiership, um, you know certainly the bottom half. Once you get to the top half, there's a difference. Might be fractionally, but you know players are quicker, sharper, mentally, physically, um, because they're playing at a higher level week in week out, and that's what Dundee will have to overcome against St. Johnston. I think they'll give Saints a game, but Saints um, will will go into absolutely as favourites, and defensively, um, they'll make it much much harder for Dundee. And at the other end, they have the ability to to penetrate Dundee. Um, you know, if Dunfermline can do it twice in six minutes, then I think that there's a real danger that Dundee could be um, well and truly. Uh, undone by by a Saints, uh, you know, forward line, and indeed a midfield uh, that that has much more ability than Dunfermline. Two of uh, Saints players doing their thing for their for their their countries, their their adopted countries. Uh, Ali McCann, Sean, and and Davis Wotherspoon There, as as uh, as Jim mentioned, there <laughs> the Cayman Islands didn't look too clever, but let's not play it down. You know, a goal's a goal. Eleven 0 for Canada. Um, a record scoreline for them, and it didn't well, it didn't need to Scotland, be, Scotland Scotland might scrape a one 0 Didn't against didn't them, need right? to be uh, Wotherspoon's most impressive chop to uh, 
to get his goal, but it was uh, it was a familiar it was a familiar bit of skill, none the same, and all the all the same, wasn't it? But I suppose you know Ali McCann played in Italy. It's a sign of his status that he was one of the ones that was rested for the friendly against America, and then only came off the bench. So I'm, I would, you'd expect him to start against. Is it, is it Bulgaria? They've got in their uh, the third the third leg of their triple header. So David Wotherspoon coming back from a, a long distance. Ali McCann having played international is that a, is that a slight concern for you from a St Johnson point of view? They're two key men, obviously goes without saying. Mm. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a concern. I don't think, and and purely because as as we've discussed, Callum Davidson's made changes re- relatively frequently through the season not not so much to the system but but to the personnel um and and the good thing has been from a St Johnson perspective when those changes have had to be made the guys who've come in uh have invariably looked pretty comfortable certainly from the new year onwards uh you can't think of an occasion when a guy's uh, gone out of the side and someone's come in to replace them and you've thought oh dear not sure about that, you know. Everybody's looked pretty comfy, so in in that respect, um, I, I I don't think I don't think it's a concern for St Johnston that they've the, the, these two guys have, have been away playing international football. Yeah, the rest it's, of them uh, have certainly been rested. I I think uh, I would, you know, I was kind of surprised he maybe didn't get a start and a and a wee bit of a run a few weeks ago, Jim. But I I think Glenn Middleton will play in this one. Just just because he obviously made he was the man that got them into the top six he's looked very sharp and really pacey when he's come off the bench he's obviously very quickly a, a really successful team but I think this would be a perfect game for him Jim do you agree yeah he's, you yeah. know his his pace and close control running at the Dundee defence well you, I, I think you you know you saw the way that he took his goal that, that he's got oh, yeah, well. quality about him he took it beautifully spun in that you know he was calm under pressure slotted away very neatly I mean you you know you we can all kind of think of players that, that would have kind of panicked in that situation I just frankly wouldn't have had the close control the touch the presence of mind to, to uh, slot that one away you know so, I, I think um, middle, I mean, I, I just think when I look at the bench, um, yeah, like I'm, I, you know, I, the game is a squad game has been for many, many years now. And when you look at Saints, you know, Saints can bring on Tanzer Conway or Hallard and uh, Stevie May, Middleton. I mean, they've got a, you know, there's there's a bench there with substantial quality, uh, and it, let alone. You know, if you look at the you know the side that they started against Ross County with Kane and Melamed up front with Wotherspoon pushing on in the middle and all the rest. I mean, that, it's, it's a quality side. Middleton, I think, um, certainly has you know the, the ability. I think to um, be a, a, I hesitate to say transformative player for them, but he has a, the ability, as we saw, to add substantially to what St Johnson already have. You know, it'd be very interesting to see in the in the running to see how far they can push on in in the league. You know, so I would think that if if you were um, Callum, you'd certainly be thinking about handing him a starting position. Yeah, talking about hand and start positions, Sean, what would you do with? Uh... With Charlie Adam, because Dundee, from once they once they got into the game, from middle to front, they were slick. They were very good against Dunfermline. There, um, Charlie was was suspended for the the Saturday night game. Do you? It'd be a, <laughs> it's a it's a brave manager that leaves a a fit and hungry Charlie Adam sitting on the bench for a, a Scottish Cup tie. What would you What would you do, John? 
<laughs> uh, I, I would take the coward's way out and play him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think, as, as you've rightly pointed out, if, if Charlie's fit and he's ready to play, I think he plays. Um, I, I think it would be a brave manager that left him out. Although, I mean, again, the, the, especially if, if what transpires is... A, a hiding, and then you've not played them. Um, and I know it equally. You could probably say the uh, the opposite as well. If you who drops out, <laughs> then McGowan. Uh, See, this is the tricky bit now. I know you've got to find somebody to get out that's played well the, the week the weekend. But go on then, Jim. You, I've given Sean the first of the first. Yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, potato. I, you you tell you you tell me who's getting dropped to, well, to it put dep- it back it de- in. It depends, I suppose, what you go with. I mean, the, the obvious one you would assume that you would drop out would be. Um, the youngest player, young young Max Anderson, you know. But he um, gives the, that Dundee but, midfield legs but he and gives, you're up he against Ali McCann. You can't have McGowan. So, you can't have you can't have Mc, you can't have McGowan and no, no, Charlie no, Adam I, up I'm against not, Ali I'm McCann. I'm not suggesting I would drop him out. I'm saying he would seem the obvious one. He's youth and experience. But what I wonder is whether he'll kind of is the system he'll go with. I mean, does he persist with um, you know? Uh, Cummings and so you, well Cummings to me is the better of the two players by a long way um, he's more individual natural ability so gives a visible a, visi- a, a, a visible and physical presence but I have to say I have been um, pretty much underwhelmed I think by, by so so you know do you bring Charlie in and go for some kind of 4-5-1 system um, you know and drop so out or, you know, do you push someone else on? I don't know. Do you push McDade up front and put Charlie into a four-man midfield? I mean, the, the, this is the reason that, you know, that, that managers have such a difficult job. And we were looking at that. I, I, I can't envisage a situation where you leave a player of the quality of Charlie Adam out against St. Johnson because it's certainly not, you know, you might well take him off later on he's, if he's fit. And there's no reason to suggest he's not. If he's fit, then he gives you, um, you know, a passer of the ball without equal, uh, almost in the Scottish game. He gives you a deliverer of a dead ball, both from corner kicks and free kicks, um, who again is almost without peer in the Scottish game. Now, the key thing against St. Johnson is that, you know, and I hate using the word set play. Somebody took me a task for it the other week, and quite really, I don't know when, when I started using it, but set pieces, free kicks, call them what you will. Uh, you know, th- that might well be Dundee's best chance of profiting against St. Johnson. Um, you know, depending on how, what the lineup is, you know, a free kick from anywhere around about the edge of the box. I mean, Charlie just getting on the ball anywhere within 30 yards is a danger to St. Johnson, and it might well be their best hope of, of scoring a, a goal, particularly given, you know, crowd free. The, the, the advantage is any advantage of home, you know, home advantage flies off, as, as we're seeing in every level of football everywhere these days. So, I would find it difficult to think you're going to leave Charlie on the bench unless there's a fitness reason for it and you want to bring him on and give him half an hour. I'd have thought you'd probably start him and maybe give him an hour or something like that. And then if he's tiring, you take him off. Uh, who you take off, I'm not sure, but it might well be that he, you know that he, he takes so off, he goes with one up front and plays a five-man midfielder, pushes someone else, almost goes for a 4-4-1-1 system, something like that. But uh, it'd be a brave a brave manager indeed um, to leave Charlie Adam out of this game. Sean, he can. Uh, I'll go back to that. He, he, he couldn't play McGowan and Adam against St. Johnson, could you? And I mean... It would be would that not be suicide? I mean, I, I for me, if you're playing Charlie, I would I would play him as well. I agree with Jim. Set pieces, all 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 the, all the points Jim made. That is going to be the best hope of winning this. 
but you have to take Paul McGowan out, don't you? You can't you can't have two guys that can't get about the pitch <laughs> against a team like St. Johnson, no? <laughs> Putting you on the spot here, Sean. <laughs> Look, because of the stage that they're both at in their careers, they're, they're, they're not covering as much ground as you, you might want them to right now. You might find a system that suits you in a way that, that other you're people gonna, do the work. Gonna, you're right? going to recall Gary Harkins as well, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? He was he was one where he was consistently slated for his work rate, but again, he had so much ability. He was a great footballer. Oh, listen, I'd say I totally agree with you, and I, I would. I'm, Paul McGowan played very well again on uh, on Saturday. There, he's close. He's close control. The one where he he makes the space to put that cross in. I think was it was it Ashcroft with the header at the near post. Whoever it was, anyway, it was it was it was superb. But I just the, think I just think the legs that are in that St Johnston mid. That's you know, that's absolutely true. That that is true, and again, a lot will depend on how on who St Johnston put in there. How's Murray Davidson, by the way? Oh no, he's still. He is he not? Be, he's not, not going to be this playing. weekend. Not unless. Well, we've not spoken to Calma about injuries yet, but I think it's probably going to be the week right. after. Okay. Um, well, look. In terms of Dundee's midfield, there's 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 value to be had in the kind of experience that Paul McGowan and certainly Charlie Adam um, can bring to your side. <laughs> yeah, against. A, a, a midfield that is as combative and as mobile as St Johnston's, that's going to be a challenge in terms of in terms of covering that ground, um, because there is there is definitely a risk that St Johnston will just overrun that area of the park and just take it over. Um, so it's a conundrum for James McPake to solve. Thankfully, I'm not the Dundee manager <laughs> because uh, because it, it looks a really tricky one. Um, I expect Adam and McGowan out for this one. That would be that would be my that would be my prediction. But uh, there we go. What's that? What's that worth? Did it surprise you, Jim, that uh, Dundee were in for Scott Allen? Um, it, it surprised me. Position. It's not really no, a problem position no, for them, is it? If anything surprised me, it surprised me that Inverness found the money to outbid them. Um, now, I know, I mean, goodness knows where that came from. It was a combination of business folk up there or, or the chairman, who Ross, who's based in Dundee, actually, and is a businessman in Dundee. Um, that kind of surprised me. Um, I, 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 I'm going to, I, I suspect I'm going to upset a few with this comment, uh, Eric. I'm not a huge Scott Allen fan. Um, I, 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 I think he's a player of undoubted ability. And I know the lad, the lads had 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 obviously had issues, you know, um, which have been well documented. But and maybe because of those, I I don't sometimes see the overall benefit that that he brings. He can see a pass, he can make a pass which others can't see. Whether he does it often enough um, <clears throat> is entirely debatable, uh, you know. And, and the games, the game is. <laughs> Scott mentioned Gary Harkins there. I think Gary Harkins retired too early. Harkins is one of these boys that would have always been in my team. A Charlie Adam type, all the ability in the world, able to see passes, able to deliver them. More importantly, you know, one thing seeing a pass, another thing delivering it. Um, Alan has that kind of ability, but I, you know, I often think he flatters to to deceive. So I, I'm not entirely sure that Dundee lost out massively on that one. Yeah, I don't think. I must admit, Sean, of, of all the positions that really didn't need to be strengthened, I think it, you know. If, well, we've just had the discussion there, haven't we, about, about players like Charlie Adam and 
and Paul McGowan that can thread a pass through the eye of a needle, you know, they can, you know, that'll never leave them, will it? You know, and, and Scott Allen isn't isn't going to get about the pitch. So yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with Jim. I don't I don't I don't see it as a priority. No, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, Scott Allen. I I, to, I take Jim's point um, because because he's been so patchy in his career, and obviously there are been there a are lot of clubs, some, isn't he? As well, there's been a lot, of an awful lot. But there there have there have been some mitigating health factors involved in that. Quite obviously, that that are that are now becoming more apparent as he's getting older. But um, it, it, I, I have seen there was a spell where I was watching Hibs quite a lot when I was at the Sunday Post and. Um, on a regular basis, and there was this wee spell. I think it was sort of two thousand early, like two thousand nineteen ish, round about then. And actually, maybe in his first spell at Hibs as well. Um, that was his peak, where, wasn't it? Because he got mm-hmm. he got his move yeah. to Celtic, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Where where he he really was, like just he was a Rolls Royce. He was great to watch, and it, I mean, even then, he wasn't covering the he wasn't eating up ground. He wasn't covering the pitch. He was he was much much more careful. With with how he used his energy, put it that way. But what he what he does have is like a properly properly impressive eye for a pass and and the ability to pick people out that that are. That, I mean, God, I'm trying to think of a good like, way. To it think was the one against. It. it was the one for O'Hara, wasn't it? That's the one that sticks in my mind. And against when they beat Rangers, um, not, not, I'm talking when he was at Dundee. That's the one that sticks in my mind. Well, yeah, I mean, he did it. He did it then. You a probably bit as saw well, a lot more of that at, at Hibs then. I, I, yeah, there was there was a, a spell where he just he, he did it on a game by game basis. He, was, he and it was so so impressive to watch. Um, but I mean, for at the at the moment, yeah, uh, given where where he is, also, I mean, it's a, a player who the stated the stated aim of going out on loan to Inverness is for him to build his fitness back up and play some games basically that's what Hibs have said um, is, is that what Dundee need at this point in this season the boy who's coming to play games and build fitness up nah I don't think so especially when you've got Charlie Adam there um, yeah. Who's, yeah who's who's done that sort of thing that Scott Allen has done more uh, at, at a much higher level yeah. Um, and more recently and more consistently as well so uh, it, it, it was a weird one Um for me, it's. I mean, listen, we're not going. We're not doing a reflective on uh, on Scott Allen's career, but in hindsight, I do feel he left. And I, I, I remember covering at the time, you know, and there was all this stuff with with Peter Houston and you know agents and all the rest of it. I do think Jimmy left Dundee United too soon. <coughs> yes, I agree with that, Eric. The thing is, I mean, he's you know we've talked about his career. We know the lads had had you know uh, issues, health issues, and all the rest of it, which are as you say becoming apparent. <coughs> but he's missed a big, big bit of this season. He, he's twenty nine, um, so you know from his from his perspective, that makes sense for him to go away and you know get playing time uh, 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 and all the rest of it away from a club who you know are chasing kind of third European sport and all the rest of it. But I'm not sure that it would have made sense to... I mean, I, I think this is always the issue at this time of year. You know, all you can bring in, obviously, are either out-of-contract players or, or, or loan eater players that are kind of going to come out on loan or something like that, you know. Um, and I think if you're going to bring someone in, you need to bring in somebody who can absolutely hit the ground running. Yeah, especially at this stage yeah, of the season, there, e- no, e- even ah, midway through the season, but especially right. now. It's, it's pointless bringing in someone who's going to take five, six weeks to get up to speed. There, there's nothing left this season, you know. I mean, it's it, it's utterly pointless. And, and I don't see what he what he would have brought to to the squad 
or to the team that, that isn't there already, bluntly. So I don't think that, you know, I, I, James McQueen will be like, like every other manager. If he gets the opportunity to bring in quality, he'll do it. Um, so, you know, managers would have 50, 60 of a squad if they could. Most of them are the same. You understand that. They want choice. But I'm not particularly sure that, um, that Dundee have missed out on anything here. I don't think they've missed out on a great bargain here. Oh, here's here's one for you, Jano. You like your uh, going back in time and all the rest of it, but... Brian, you know Brian Doyle, who's who's a who's St Johnson historian. Very very good with giving us stats and all the rest. He's 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 come up with the stat. The Saints have never won a Scottish Cup tie at uh, at Dens. They've only been there. They've only played four, right enough. But 1930, 1949, mm-hmm. 1977, and 1985. But there's one. Here's a wee quiz. I'll throw, put you on the spot for this. What's a little interesting fact about the 1949 game when St Johnson lost six one to Dundee? Anyway, you're not going to get. I'll give. I'll, I'll give you the answer. It'll maybe ring a bell when I tell you the attendance at Dens was fourteen thousand. Well, across the road at Tannadice, at the same time, United were beating Celtic in front of twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. There you go. Goodness. They played at. They played at the same time. How often mm-hmm. did that happen? Well, I mean, I, I, the closest I can think, and I, I was actually at it, was when United played in the legendary six five game when they lost six five to Hearts, and I think that day at Tannadice, they kicked off at two, and there was eleven thousand in that game. Up the road, Dundee played Rangers. I think it was a draw, if I remember rightly, and Dundee and Rangers played in front of thirty three thousand. So that was the closest, but there's an hour between the two kickoffs, you know. Um, that uh, that wouldn't surprise me with Celtic and United with 25,000, because in those days, traditionally, both halves of the old firm, you know, when tickets, well, it wasn't a tickets anyhow, it was just turn up, pay the gate, regularly brought 10,000 to Dens and Tannadice, you know, huge supports. Um, that's before you think of the Lockheed support, you know, for Celtic, I'm sure we half of that crowd. Um, uh, so that doesn't surprise me, but that's, uh, that, that's a very decent crowd for... Um, Dundee St. Johnson, even way back in 49, which was kind of the heyday. I mean, bear in mind, 1949, Dundee's average crowd that season was 24,500, which is quite yeah, incredible, so was, you know? So there was, there was 39,000 watching two football games at the same time. Astonishing, the, isn't it? On the same street, there we go there, no? and they got goals at uh, uh, Dens Park anyway. Six one. Imagine, imagine how much money the director skimmed off that. You say that now. Celtic get Celtic the biscuit tin <laughs> thing, but every club had a biscuit tin, you know. <laughs> I so you're saying that basically there was double there probably, yeah. <laughs> Fifty thousand at turn of these. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, oh well, no. Listen, it's a game I'm really looking forward to. I must have, I must admit, uh, Dundee Saints. And just before we finish up on it, you know, Saints. Listen, it's a. They're all. I know their fans will be desperate for them to win this, and and listen, the, the club will be desperate to. You know, they're a form team. There's no reason if they get good draws again that they they couldn't hope to to have a Over long a cup, cup run again. But this, the pressure's totally off St. Johnson now, isn't it? I mean, their seasons, you know, their seasons got everything and more already, you mm-hmm. know. So, and I think the intriguing aspect aspect of it is for Dundee, and we, it's been said before, but if Dundee win or get close to winning, then I think all of a sudden you start to rethink maybe sort of these pre preconceptions about about playoffs and about the, you know, the fact that. Whoever finishes second bottom would be strong favourites. It has a it has a big impact on on our thinking for that, you know. But if they if they were to get badly beaten, you would then say, ah, okay, you know, you know, maybe, you know, there's a there's a big a big gap to bridge, Sean. So it, it is it is an intriguing one in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, it is. it's a good shout that. Um, 
psychologically from from Dundee's perspective. There's there's a fair bit uh, that's intriguing about it um, from St Johnson's perspective. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure I go completely with the the, the idea that that I mean that's that's the season done. I mean it is to an extent in that they've, they've achieved incredible feats already, um, which is another another cup. Um, in the trophy cabinet and, and, and another top six finish, which is the eighth in ten seasons, which is unreal uh, for St. Johnson, really. Um, so in that respect, they've they've done a lot of hard work already. Um, anything from here is, is, is a bonus, really. But I, I, I do think, and I know that, that Dundee, Dundee fans don't, don't think of this game as an important one, really. Um, but for St Johnson fans, there is a bit, a bit of an edge to it with it being Dundee as well. So I, I think that there will be an appetite um, to come at Dens Park and, and and take it pretty seriously. I, I, I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll give it everything. Um, so it could be, it could be interesting in that regard because I do, I do honestly think that I mean, if, if St Johnson go to Dens Park and play the way that we've we've seen them play for for much of the season actually um but in yeah, terms of the possession, last poor performance of, and, yeah. and and they won the game because it was probably it was probably some parts of the that's the right game, yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah um if they if they play the way they can in terms of dominating the ball and and, and shifting it around and picking pulling, making chances I, I, and if if Dundee are not a hundred percent at it um, I, I do honestly think that St Johnson could could put a bit of a show on, to be honest with you. But I think Dund- Dundee have really, really got to be at it because if if, if St Johnson do what they've been doing all season, the Dundee won't have played a team that good this season. I don't think, including definitely, Hearts, de- definitely not, yeah. definitely not yeah, Hearts. But absolutely, there's, there's, yeah. there's plenty of other podcasts speaking about Hearts just now, so we'll not go down. <laughs> Maybe we'll speak about about Robbie Nielsen at. A, a, a later date. Um, I thought one, moving on to United now, Jim, I thought it was, uh, tell you who caught my eye when he came, Scott Banks would look very, very good. I would expect to see a lot more of him for Dunfermline later in the season. Another one, let's hope, let's hope we don't look back and say he left on United too early because it, it did, it did strike me that you know, Tanner Ice would have been the best place for him for another couple of years. Yeah, well, they absolutely they thought the world of him, didn't they? He was the, he was the one that, of that, of that, age group, certainly speaking to Tony Ashgar, I remember having a doing an interview with Tony and he was the first name that he he mentioned mentioned to me when I think he was still on loan at Clyde. So you know they had a they had a sort of route map for him, but obviously, you know, Crystal Palace and all the rest of it, let's hope that he he gets the career that people expect of him, but he looks a very very talented player. I, I thought so. Showing. I mean, uh, he I thought both him and uh, was it you and Henderson was it Henderson yes, uh, from Celtic? Was, yeah. No, I thought they made a big difference to Dunfermline when they did. when they come on. Both very talented players, but Banks is Banks is is a lovely player on the ball. I agree with you. I think I mean it sticks in my mind that at the time there was some. I don't mean unpleasantness, but I think there was a disagreement about various things at Tarley at the time when he when he moved. You know, yeah, but Robbie like, played it with a straight bat at yeah, the end, that, and they that, said that, all the right things. That, but that's yeah, right. Think, but look, that's football, Eric, and we know you know that that happens. I mean, there's always there's a clash of personalities uh, in football regularly. But I mean, I think 
you know, he, he is um, reinvigorating or resurrecting, I think, his career. And he's still, a, he's a very young man still, you know. He's got lovely ability on the ball. He's got lovely touch. He's, he's oh, very tight spaces, Jim, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just, yeah. And, and very tight spaces. And, and that's, you know, he's one of the, you know, the, the great mantra in football is he'll take it in tight spaces. And lots of players can't do it. I mean, ultimately, Eric, you know, for all, he was addressing this in my column on Saturday, you know, we've got a, a game now which is chalk a block with artificial intelligence, which can predict player injury, who will get injured, when they'll get injured. You know, you got, well, not when they'll get injured, but, you know, although not far off it, we've got, you know, heat maps that'll tell you um, where the concentration was, where crosses came from. We've got, you know, uh, we've got kind of, uh, what do you call it, the straps that you put in the chest. I can never remember the name of it. They'll tell you how many kilometres you've covered. You've got everything under the sun. Uh, ultimately, football comes to the, down to the basics. How hard do you work? How hard, you know, how, how, how much you apply yourself and can you control and pass a ball? And can you control and pass a ball when the pressure's on in tight spaces? And, and Banks can do that. He can do that. You saw it quite clearly. He made a big, big difference when he came on. So, you know, he's a boy, you know, presumably, you know, the career is now back on track. He's a boy with a future, I think, ahead of him in the game. Well, Sean, there was a, you know, we both read The Athletic, don't we? There's a lot of good stuff on, on there. Uh, and they did a piece a few weeks ago and it was one of these where every every one of their staff writers chose a, a player at the the academies of the, the Premier League clubs down south. You know, it's one to watch type thing. You know, and Scott Banks was the one at Crystal Palace. So clearly, they're being, you know, word is being fed out that this is a guy that could, you know, graduate to their first team. You know, I know there's a lot of hurdles to to overcome, and you'll he, have to you'll have to show it at Dunfermline. If you're not showing it at Dunfermline, then you're you're you, can't expect to be anywhere near the Crystal Palace first team, but yeah, he's he he's definitely got something. Yeah, and and it's interesting that he would appear in in that article because that's that's not coming from nowhere, you know. No, exactly, that, it's that, been fed by be, their head of the exactly. academy or whoever. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's one that they're talking up um, and happy just, to just, be to let be talked up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just as United were, understandably so. But a, a, a product of that, Crystal Palace are not in the same position as Dundee United were because they're not they're not they're not concerned about somebody coming in and picking them off because they're, they're swimming with cash, so they'll they'll be fine. But. Um, United, the, the byproduct of talking him up when he was at United, when United was Crystal Palace appearing on the scene. Well, and, and you know, I'm sure it, it, they've all got their scouts as well, so he, he would have been on the radar in any case. Um, in terms of, did somebody say before that it would have been interesting if he'd stayed at United a bit longer? Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's that's true, um, but at, at the same time, I mean you have to you have to assume that when when a Crystal Palace come in. For a young player at a club up here, I'm not. I'm not going to say that they would. They would immediately offer him life changing money or anything like that. But I, I bet you it was bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> it changed my life. I bet, I, I bet you it was. I bet it was hard to say no to. Um, and and to be honest, they wouldn't just come in with the with the money. It would. They'll have a whole development plan that they would kind of lay out for him. I would have thought and say, look, this. If you come with us, we'll look after you this way. We'll get you to this stage. We'll put you out on loan somewhere to go and play some games, um, and you're right. The Dunfermline is where he's ended up, and and the fact that he's that he's in that team and he's looking as good as he does does bode well for him. Because uh, I mean, it's 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 likely that I mean, if Crystal Palace want him to continue playing games at top team level, they'll probably put him out again somewhere. But you'd have to think, having seen him at Dunfermline, they'll go right. Well, 
he can go a bit higher than this. Oh, it next could be time. The, it could be the Scottish Premiership, couldn't it? Exactly, you know? exactly. So, 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 oh. it, so he's. I think it would have been interesting if he'd stayed at United, but it, it seems to me that, that that Crystal Palace are are looking after him properly and and clearly have high hopes for him. So, um, fair play to him uh, for being there. He's obviously a boy with some talent, and fair play to United for talking him up because they were obviously right. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, Jim, uh, I think we've we're all agreed that United, you know, have found their, have found a, a decent position for themselves in the league. And as long as you know, as long as it doesn't tail away and do they don't do something stupid and end up, you know, they're not going to be in the bottom two. But you know, if if they ended up third bottom or something like that, and I think then I think we could start talking about the the league ending up being underwhelming. But. I do think what happens in the Scottish Cup could really, it could it could make it feel like a. I mean, I'm not saying United are going to win it. They can win it, of course. They're a, they're, a, they're a Premiership club, but a, a long Scottish Cup run would make it a really successful season, wouldn't it? You know, and and finish seventh, say, for example. Well, it wouldn't just make it a successful season. It would make it um, a less a less financially embarrassing season than it's going to be. I mean, you know, the, the pandemic, as we all know, has cost every club a fortune and it's cost United, I think, more than a great many um, because they've been ambitious. Uh, Mark Ogren's put lots of money in. They, they pay good wages, they pay good money. Um, and, you know, all the money he's put in, he's not had a chance to get any of it back because there's been no fans, you know, there's been no sponsor, no, no sponsorship, there's been no kind of, you know, tables taken on Saturdays, all the things that bring money into a football club, there's been none of that, you know. Um, so United could do with a good run in the cup to bring that extra bit of money in. It could do be going all the way to Hamden. I suspect that'll, that'll not happen. But... Um, you know, so there's two things. I mean, I think league-wise, you know, obviously they're, they're sitting second top at the moment of the bottom six. You know, uh, I, I I cannot see them being sucked into the relegation battle with, no, no, with, with Hamilton, Kelly, and Ross County. I just don't see that. I mean, they're, they're ten points ahead of Ross County for one thing, and they're you know they're twelve ahead of Hamilton and eleven ahead of Kilmarnock. I don't see them. You know, I mean, it would, it would take a spectacular collapse to put to pull them down. There. I just don't see that happening. Um, cup wise, they should beat Partick Thistle. I mean, you never know. I mean, it might go a replay or something like that. But you know, they should beat Partick Thistle. I mean, Partick are you know third third in league one. I think can't actually, get replays. This yeah. can't get the replays this season. Uh, sorry, no. Of course, what yeah. I'm thinking about. I, no, I, I'm desperate to see Partick, to be honest with you, and, and the situation they're in for a club of that size to be struggling along in that league. But that, that's neither here. That's not United's lookout. United should beat Partick Thistle. You know, they, they have the squad to do it. Um, so a, a run in the cup and a continuation uh, of what they've been doing in the league, I think, would would, would would mark out not a bad return I think this season, in in terms of the, the you know them coming back to to the Premiership, I'd, I'd, I'd hopes for a time, Eric, that the both they and Saints w- would end up in the top six, and I think they could have done it. Um, but Livingston, of course, were the dark horses this season. Yeah, the dark horses, and 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 that that kind of scuppered things. You know, weren't far away, but far enough away. So you know, no, I mean they should beat Partick Thistle, and I, they will, I think, comfortably finish um, in in. You know, seventh. Uh, sorry, not seventh. Comfortably finishing in, in, in eight, seventh or eighth. You know, I would imagine. Of course, the mother and saying that mother will, right mother will or, seventh, or, eighth, or, or ninth. So, <laughs> yeah, seventh, eighth, or ninth. Exactly. You know, but the key thing is they'll not. Yeah, you know, hundred percent will not be. They will not get. They'll not get pulled into that relegation <laughs> battle. So, so they've survived. That will be the key thing. They will have survived the season, and they can then think about how they re- regroup and rebuild for next season. And that's that's a big that becomes a bigger problem, I think, because you know you need. 
you need quality. Players are a, are a year older or a season older. Um, and I think we've seen already that in some areas, they simply haven't had the experience or the legs sometimes that they've acquired. But in saying that, they've got a lot of good kids coming through. So, you know, the, the prospects look relatively bright, depending, I think, obviously on many things, finance being one of them. Jep- there is jeopardy in these games, though. Though Sean, I'm not just talking about Park Thistle being a full-time team that can that could play very well on the day, and obviously we all know about Barora Hearts and you know the potential for for an upset in, in any Scottish Cup tie. But the, you know we can all rem- it wasn't that long ago you can remember the sort of fallout of a couple of dodgy results for United in the Betfred Cup. You know they if if you know if United throw in a bad one and lose to Partick Thistle, it it, it totally flips the. Uh, Flips the vibe, doesn't it? And, you know, all of a sudden it becomes folks' glasses are very much half empty, aren't they? Um, Yeah, but I I still can't escape the feeling that that a lot of Dundee United fans' glasses are kind of half empty anyway (laughs) at at the moment. I'm not sure sure it would have a huge impact. It won't be half in the pint then, okay. Yeah. um, And and I, I, again, I think I've I've expressed this before, but I, I don't, I don't think there's any real reason for Dundee United fans to to feel disappointed about about this season. I think they've they've been thoroughly decent. Um, for a newly promoted side, they've done they've done away fine. They've had they've had a wonky spell or possibly two, but for for the most part, they, they've actually been pretty consistent and they've they've taken points from games where you wouldn't expect them to in, in some cases. Um, so no, I think they've been fine. Um, Scottish Cup wise. You would expect them to beat part of Thistle. Full-time team, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Thistle have had a fair spell without any action. Um, so you, 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 would, you would have to think that might affect them. And I know you could say the same about Brora and, and, and Hearts and look what happened there. But um, I, I do I do tend to think that, that United should have enough, of, should should easily have enough about them to to dispatch with Partick Thistle. It might not be 8-0 or anything like that, but they should certainly have enough about them to to put them to bed. Um, and at that point, if they, if they manage that, then yeah, there, there is there is real optimism that, that we could do something in the cup here. But if if if, if they if they don't beat Partick Thistle, if they do go out of the cup, I'm not sure I'm not sure it changes things too much from where they are at the moment. Bold prediction from Sean there, Jim. They might not win it eight 0 They might not. He didn't say yeah. they, they wouldn't. He's sort of <laughs> leaving open the yeah, possibility yeah. there. You uh, you picked up a copy of Mickey Mullins' book, Jim? No, not not yet. But I I eagerly look. You'll be forward. waiting for the free delivery. Yes, aren't you? I, I eagerly look for. I'm still trying to get Ian Murray from uh, uh, the MP from Hearts uh, sent me his last week. I'm still about to wade through that. Although that should be very interesting, given that the Hearts fans are now at war with, with those running the club. By the looks well, of it, well, I had a chapter at the end of that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aye, um, but no, second, um, second I, 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 I do, I do. I, I, I was kind of aware of uh, Mickey's friendship with the, and it's the teacher, isn't it, that's helped him write it, you know, which I think is intriguing because I've always said this, um, Eric, as a former lecturer myself, you know, and I used to teach at Dundee College and of course in the old days of Kingsway Tech, we'd, we'd um, a lot of teachers, Ian Campbell, who was, uh, you know, who was the head of PE, he was he was Jim McLean's great kind of side man for, for many years along with Walter Smith and Kenny Cameron taught at the college and things like that and some of the guys used to come and play, Hamish and, and guys like that, you know, and I always think, you know, coaching by any other man, by any other uh, description is teaching, you know, and 
And I was always intrigued that Mickey was very poly with this uh, teacher guy, I think, who has helped him write the book. But it should be interesting. It's always interesting, I think, to hear what managers have got to say, particularly guys who have operated, at, and I don't mean this in any disparaging respect, but at a lower level in English football. I mean, Tranmere, decent-sized club in their day. I remember on Friday nights he used to get eight, 9,000 folk, you know. But, I mean, you know, he's operated at a different level of the game, and, and, and you know, now he's operating at... You know, in Scottish terms, a fairly high level of the game, albeit United in the Championship. Do you know what club. struck me, Jim? Boy, just just picking up pieces uh, on social media and looking at, you know, follow, we all follow on Twitter, you know, guys, you know, reporters from from down south, you know, big, you know, some of the big big name journalists and the like. There's he's got a lot of uh, there's a lot of respect out there for for Mickey Mellon for the work he's done down south, you know, and that. There was a piece that went down very well. He did a big, he did a big interview on the back of uh, sort of the the book, the book launch. He spoke to the local press as well, but he did a big, he did a big, um, I was going to say sit down interview, but a Zoom interview with uh, with one of the the big papers down south, big pu- publications, I should say. I think it was Athletic again. Anyway, but you know, no, it, was, it was George Cockin, the writer. He's he's excellent. Well, you saw the reaction to it. It did, it did kind of bring home to me again that you know this is a guy that's very very well respected down south I mean Jim how do you you know totally going off a tangent here how long do you think Mickey Mellon will be up, up in Scottish football do you think he's at Dundee United as a sort of to go back down type thing do you what, how, do, what do you what, how do you see his career no, I mean I, my, my suspicion well you know my, I just have a suspicion that, that he'll end up back in England and perhaps sooner rather than later um, Eric you know I mean much depends on a combination of things you know the the um, the financial situation at Tanadice, whether he's got money to kind of you know to build the side the club you know, uh, uh, and compete for a top six, which is what you'd want to do in Scottish football, aiming for Europe and all the rest of it. Um, as potentially Saints and, and, and Livingston are at the moment. That's where United would would, would, would want to be. But he does have a, a reputation south of the border. And, and look, the, the, the simple this, truth this is this. won't have done any harm, will it? No, as well, it won't. You know, and the simple truth is this, and, and people people don't like denying it. And good pals of mine who kind of are working in the Beeb and all the rest of it kind of deny it. The, the English game is bigger than the Scottish game, by and large. I mean, you take Celtic and Rangers out of it. I mean, you know, even Hibs, Hearts and Aberdeen get the kind of crowds that, 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 that about 25 clubs that are 25th and 26th in England uh, get. It's a big game down there. You know, there's a lot of money, there's crowds involved and all the rest of it. And and we can be sniffy about, you know, maybe some of the clubs down there, but they can be big, big clubs. And I think, by and large, it's not unlike players. Managers would look and think, I fancy taking my chance down there. They've all had a crack at it, haven't they? You know, you think of the managers at United, if I'd like... Um, uh, yeah, well, most recently, Robbie Nielsen and guys like that. You know, uh, uh, so many Scottish guys have had a crack at that. And I would think that Mickey Mellon, he, he's, he's been in England since he was, what, a 16, 17-year-old or something like that. You know, he probably, you know, I'm, not for me to, to suggest, but, you know, I, mean, I think he kicked off his career with Bristol City at 17 or something like that. You know, so, I mean, the vast bulk of his, his career, the vast bulk of his life has been spent in, in England. And I think that... You would obviously cast your eyes south. It's not just the case of the old the four leagues anymore. I mean, you've got kind of the pyramid system. You know, down below the old traditional four leagues, you've got clubs that are full time that get big crowds. There's money in and all the rest of it. So, I think any ambitious manager, well, particularly one who is well got, well known in England, has spent a bulk of his career there. Would obviously um, contemplate, you know, whether or not uh, that's where his future career might lie. 
Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out for sure. And uh, when you get your your free copy, Jim, make sure you, you make sure you post it on. I want me, it autographed yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, anyway, thanks again, guys, and thank you very much for listening. Back next week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.